1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: Grant and Danny welcoming you back on 106 Sever Severin the Fan. Eric Eager is going to join us coming up here. In just a couple of moments, we're tracking him down. Covers the National Football League. Was at Pro Football Focus for a long time and has moved on to another outlet. There are four quarterbacks left in the NFL postseason and very, very different backgrounds for those guys to get where they've gotten in the league. You got Brock Purdy, who's the final pick in this year's draft, Mr. Irrelevant, a seventh-rounder in the NFC, playing against Jalen Hurts, a second-rounder, who was taken as a backup, maybe to, to motivate or put a little pressure on Carson Wentz who has since flourished and become the guy in Philly. Then on the other side, you got your blue bloods. Patrick Mahomes, top 10 lottery pick, who is the best quarterback in the National Football League, sat for a full year unlike most QBs, was not drafted at the top of the board, wasn't top three or top five, was right at the back end of the top 10, and then Burrow, who was 1-1, which is kind of the way you normally would draw it up in pencil. But isn't it fascinating that here we are with four teams, we always try to take something out of who's left and what we see. There's no one way to do this.
3: No, I, I mean, the the easiest way, and I put that in quotes because it's not easy, it's hard to find these guys, the simplest thing to do is if you just get the star. If you find that star, the other things start to work out and it just sort of, you know, it all, it all comes into place. So it's the easiest because you only have to get one thing right. The other way, though, is if you find a guy that's, you know, outkicks his, outperforms his draft status, a.k.a. the last pick in the draft, or a second rounder who I think was the fifth or sixth quarterback taken, you get legitimate bona fide starting quarterback caliber play from him, your roster can be pretty damn good pretty quick.
2: Eric Eager, we talked about, good friend of the show for a long time, one of the sharper analytics and research and developers covering football joins us now. You can follow him on social at Eric Eager underscore. Eric, thanks for a few minutes. Uh, We were just talking about these final four quarterbacks and how they all have have walked various paths to get to this point. I think it's sometimes to be dangerous trying to make, make big points or have big takeaways out of like, who's left in the NFL at the end of any season? But uh, what do you make when you look at these quarterbacks in the field that are still standing?
4: Yeah, I think, it, you know, obviously in the AFC, it's it's like the blueprints, you know, where uh, if you're Cincinnati, of you Andy Dalton, and he, you know, took you to the playoffs a few times, and Chiefs, you have Alex Smith, and he did the same thing. And, you know, for Cincinnati, the wheels came off so badly, they got the first pick. But for the Chiefs, obviously, they... You know, traded up for Mahomes, but you can see the upside uh, to going into the draft and trying to get a higher-end guy, uh, and, and that's worked out for both teams. And in fact, both teams kind of built their defense in a similar way uh, because the quarterback, you know, w- w- you know, was able to afford them that kind of luxury. On the other side, it, it's about throwing numbers at the position, right? where you look at, um, you know. Uh, the Eagles, they went and took a second-round pick on uh, Hurts a year after Carson Wentz uh, took the team to the playoffs and two, you know, two or three years after he took them to the Super Bowl. Um, and, and with the 49ers, Brock Purdy was just kind of an afterthought, you know, uh, adding numbers to a position where they didn't even think that they would have a guy like Jimmy G uh, in the fold some fall, and they had a guy like Trey Lance that they, they, they wanted to be their, their guy. So, yeah, it's different paths, but um, uh, you know, interesting outcomes for, for all four teams.
3: Eric, we see so often that quarterbacks on a rookie deal who are playing at the same quality as some you know, more established veterans with these good rosters seem to, more often or not, be the guys that populate the, the conference title games and maybe even the Super Bowl. I, I just think that's a dangerous way of thinking, though, right? Just because I'd, I'd like to keep my window open if I've got one of these excellent guys because it hasn't worked out to the same degree as being on a rookie deal. What lessons do we take away from that?
4: It's so the the hardest the second hardest problem in, in football is being able to project how good a co- a quarterback in college is going to be at the pro level um, you know we see like Zach Wilson we see uh, Josh Rosen you know we see Baker Mayfield and yet at the same time like Baker Mayfield took his team to the second round of the playoffs on a rookie deal because you can surround him with talent uh, Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota a year after they were one two uh, both took their teams to nine and seven the following year uh, this year you had Uh, you know, um, Trevor Lawrence after the year after being picked first. And you see it in spades with Burrow, how they've been able to build around him and his cheap contract. The second hard, or sorry, the first hardest problem in football is deciding whether or not a quarterback who's been good on a rookie deal, who's been surrounded by a lot of talent because of an inexpensive contract. I think Jalen Hurts is the biggest example of this, is worthy of that forty fifty million dollar subsequent deal, um, because you know there is no real middle class quarterback contract anymore. You either are you know getting the Baker Mayfield and the Jameis Winston, you know basically nothing second contract, or you're getting the Kyler Murray forty six million dollar per year contract, and it's as the Cardinals have found out, it's really hard to win once that quarterback makes that kind of money, and yet you're you're supposed to evaluate the quarterback that you have based upon a situation that's much rosier than the one he's going to have when he gets paid. So, you know, I, I hate to see it become a churn-and-burn league, but unless you have a guy that can you you know can overcome uh, weaknesses along the roster consistently, a guy like Allen, a guy like Mahomes, um, you know, it, unfortunately, like you see with Dallas, like to bring it up, Dallas, you know, Dallas doesn't have the receiving core it used to because they have to pay Dak that much money. And and it you know, gets to that same conversation every single year with teams that fall a little bit short – uh, when they have, you know, a quarterback making better money. So it is really hard. Uh, but make no mistake, since 2012, every single Super Bowl except for one has included a quarterback who is making rookie contract salary uh, or a team that built around it. The Eagles were built around Wentz, this team, this Niners team built around Trey Lance. Um, you know, that that is unmistakable that that it takes that kind of roster construction in many cases to get to the dance
3: at Eric Eager underscore for our guest Eric Eager here on GND. So if you're starting from scratch tomorrow to build a franchise, what path do you go down? Like in other words, do you go. I just want to make sure I find that bona fide superstar, and sort of the rest works out, which is my prescription for the record. But I'm asking you. Or second, do you just go. Well, we'll see if we can find one. But really, it's about building up as much of a roster around him to kind of uh, try to set him up, whoever it is, up for success. What would your path be?
4: Yeah, it would be that it would it would keep you know keep going back into the draft until you find the guy that's the Mahomes. And you know, I know that that's jarring, but. You'd much rather do that than be stuck hanging, you know, holding the bag on Goff if you're the Rams, or holding the bag on Wentz if you're the Eagles, or Murray if you're the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, I would, you know, I would do what I needed to to get one of the young quarterbacks on my team, get him on a rookie deal, uh, build the premium positions around him through uh, trades and through free agency in the draft, and then, you know, if and again, like this is the hardest part is if I could identify that he would be good without the support around him, then I would, I would sign him to the, any, those, those quarterbacks are worth an infinite amount. Like Patrick Mahomes, you could pay him whatever. And he'd still probably do what he's doing out there. As he's proven this year without Tyree kill, but those quarterbacks are few and far between. And it, you know, this is a rough and tumble league and, you know, your chances uh, of having success when you don't play it that way, uh, categorically are small. Um and so yeah that that would be my thing I would churn and burn at the quarterback position until you get that truly 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 elite guy which I know it's tough to tell people because uh, it's those guys are you know once in a million kind of guys
2: Eric Eager's with us on Grant and Danny we're looking ahead to, to championship Sunday 49ers Eagles the early game Bengals Chiefs going to be your 630 nightcap in the San Francisco Philadelphia matchup, We're getting the two best teams in the conference, really, circuit to circuit. And I can't wait for this game. The Eagles are going to be home favorites. What's your early feel on that game? Because we just saw the 49ers find a way to win a game where Brock Purdy was essentially relegated to passenger. And they had 220-plus explosives. They only managed 19 points. And it wasn't a problem against a good Dallas offense. Philly's obviously on another level running the ball, though.
4: Yeah, I mean the 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 Cowboys have a good defense, right? So there's no shame in having a you know with your third string quarterback not having necessarily the best time of it uh, against the um, against them. Uh, but their defense showed out, and they made you know they made uh, turnovers and they and they made plays at the right time on defense uh, to keep them ahead here. Uh, you know they're gonna probably have to have a different game plan against the Eagles because I think there's one way and one way only to beat this Philadelphia team, and that's to get out ahead of them. Uh, if they play from ahead, Philadelphia is able to run the football in, in such a manner that it's just hard to beat them, right? And they take all four downs. Sirianni has added about four-fifths of a win above replacement, uh, you know, when it comes to fourth down decisions and all that stuff. You know, when you look at that team, when you're playing from the behind against the Eagles, they just absolutely suffocate you because of how they can run the football and how they use every single down, and they rarely give you the ball back. Uh, you know, without taking significant time off the clock or scoring. So if you're the Niners, you have to get out ahead in this game because when they, you get out ahead, we've seen in games, they struggle, you know, the Indianapolis game, the Washington game. Uh, when when Hurts when has to be a passing kind of quarterback, that's when he's a fish out of water. So that really has to be it for San Francisco. You, you know, Shanahan's been great on script this year. You hope, again, that, you know, his scripted plays can get them a touchdown on their first couple drives and and, and they can be out ahead of this thing.
2: Is Sirianni the most analytically proficient of the four coaches remaining? How does that stack up in terms of maybe it's organizational philosophy over just the coach, but, you know, using the advantages of the information we now have.
4: Yeah. The Eagles are the the most staffed up of the, of the remaining four. Uh, one of my old interns, actually one of their quantitative analysts. So it's really cool to see him, uh, you know, on his way to possibly winning a ring, but like the, you know they they are and they do it on the field. Uh, they do it they do it uh, when roster constructing as well. The Chiefs are not slouches there either, uh, and I think the Bengals um, uh, they they have you know a guy that, that you know calls into Zach Taylor um, you know on fourth downs and stuff like that. The Niners you know I think Shanahan's a much better play caller than he is a you know game manager. You know, he uses too many timeouts and you know fourth down decision stuff. Leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, but but you know none of these teams are terrible in that realm. Uh, but the Eagles stand out as a positive.
3: Eric, I'm I'm a simpleton, and when I, well, I've I've grown up in an era, especially being here from D.C., where I I have a kind of very simple viewpoint. That is, quarterbacks need help from a good offensive line. Like that's that's how that's how I was raised. Right, given that we had three different quarterbacks win Super Bowls here, and it was all about the offensive line, and it was and that was kind of the unit. I've always felt like you have to have that really good relationship where an offensive line has to be good. Cincinnati was missing three offensive linemen, and it wasn't a problem. Not only was it not a problem, it looked like that was an excellent offensive line beating the brakes off of Buffalo. Explain that to me, help me understand, and then is that something we can carry forward here into this matchup, this week, and potentially a Super Bowl?
4: Yeah, it's always hard, right? Because the, the 2020 Chiefs were 14-2 and two with 60% of their offensive line out, and then when Eric Fisher tore his Achilles' That was 80% of their offensive line, and it went to, it went to crap against the, uh, the Bucks in the Super Bowl. So there's always a breaking point, but I feel like a couple things played into the Bengals' favor on Sunday. A, the weather. It's hard to rush the passer. It's hard to get off quickly uh, when, you know, the, the ground is, is wet in front of you. I also think the Bengals were just simply more physical, and when you look at every time they caught the ball, they didn't shake and bake or anything. They just went upfield, and I think that the Bills, um, you know, were frankly soft. And then the other one is they have three wide receivers that can win in two and a half seconds or less. So you look at burrow hits his back foot and one of the three guys is open. And that helps a lot in the passing game. When, you know, you, you say, look, you guys only have to hold up for two and a half seconds or less. Like that, that's, that's not as bad of a chore. Um, and, and so I think that all those played into it. I think the Bengals did a great job. In fact, Last year's Super Bowl, I thought against the Rams in the first half of the game, they had similar game plans as far as getting the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly, getting guys open early in the down. Um, and they reverted from it in the second half we saw Aaron Donald, you know, almost win MVP. Uh, but that was, you know, a big time. Um, you know, that was a really good game plan by them using their strengths, which their strength is wide receivers who can get open early, and so they don't have to depend as much on the O line.
2: Eric Eager and Grant and Danny. I always try to sneak in some analysis on the local team when we get you on, even if we're talking about the playoff clubs that are still alive. Washington's trying to find an offensive coordinator to replace Scott Turner. They're interviewing names like Pat Shermer and Ken Zampezi, among others. And what's your thought on this job and some of the names you're hearing linked to them? There was a report from SI yesterday that Zampezi could be the front runner.
4: Yeah, I mean, we we have experience. When I was at PFF, I experienced with Ken. Um, you know, he's a sharp guy. Obviously, he's grown up in the league with his dad, uh, being a being a coordinator as well. Um, you know, the the it's hard because you have great, you know, you have an okay offensive line. Um, and you know, but good talent on the outside of McLaurin, uh, you know, uh, Curtis Samuel, and then you know. Uh, Jahan Dotson was fantastic as a rookie I think when he was healthy uh two running backs that I think are plus players um so there's something there there but I I die of getting a quarterback and it sounds like Sam Howell is the one that they're going to go with next year uh you know not the worst prospect in the world but certainly not somebody that uh makes everybody super excited about the prospects in Washington like I think that that's really the thing that you know the next person's gonna have to you know come in and, and you know be able to wrestle with. Like I think Scott Turner's a fine offensive coordinator. I thought he pushed a lot of the buttons, uh, you know that that helped them be okay despite quarterback problems over the last few years. Um, but there's only so much you can do at that position.
3: Eric, thank you as always, buddy. Great info, man. Have a great week.
4: Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Check
2: out Eric Eager's work, and you can follow him on social at Eric Eager underscore hopping on with us here on Grant and Danny. What's your takeaway from the last four quarterbacks standing and and The idea that in one conference you got maybe the two best in the league, Burrow, a number one pick, Mahomes, a top ten pick, versus in the other conference, your seventh rounder and your second rounder.
3: San Francisco, to me, is the exception that's proved the rule. What I mean is this was not their plan. They poured outrageous amounts of resources, first into acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo, giving him a huge amount of money, then trading away multiple picks over multiple years to acquire Trey Lance and spending a first-round pick on him is to be the difference maker. You never stop throwing things at the position. You never say, we're good. We're all set, to Eric's point, until you have that star. Same thing in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, by rights shouldn't be there. They should still be trying to figure out if Carson Wentz is the guy or not. But once you know you don't have the bona fide superstar, you keep rolling the dice and you go right back to the marketplace. You find that guy. You don't find leftovers. You don't find garbage. You don't find refuse. All of these guys are with their original teams via the draft. That's my big takeaway. Now, for the most part, I've always advocated top of the board. That's where you're most likely to hit. It's not always the case. Second round for Hertz, and I'm not anointing Purdy yet. Is the last pick of the draft? But San Francisco, to me, in finding a guy with the very last pick overall, hasn't proven that that's what you do. Tom Brady was a six rounder after all. Blah blah blah. You don't do that. You never stop looking is what you do. You never satisfy. You're never satisfied with okay because Jimmy Garoppolo has won a bleep ton of games for them. Right, or he's been the quarterback when they won a ton of games, they knew that wasn't it. They knew that wasn't sustainable, and have been trying to upgrade ever since.
2: Yeah, I guess I look at this Final Four, and I feel like I've always felt, which is drafting quarterbacks early is the best way to find your superstar. The best chance to find Patrick Mahomes is to take a quarterback in the top of the first round. The best opportunity you have to go get Joe Burrow is to be picking right at the top of the draft like the Bengals were when they got him at 1-1. But I would also say that there are lots of ways to win. There is not any one way. There are processes that I like and that I often advocate for on these airwaves, whether that's being throw first or throwing on first down. I think what I would prefer is a team with a process that follows the guidelines of what most often wins. Like That's a good practice. That's a good process. Uh-huh. Is As we've talked about on this show today, Winning a championship is hard. You could do everything right. You don't just get to win a title. Drew Brees, one championship. Aaron Rodgers, one championship. Dan Marino, zero championships. Having the best quarterback and a really good offense and calling passing plays on the right downs at a high rate, it gives you a great opportunity, but there are plenty of ways to win. You can be run first, and you can win. You can have a seventh-round quarterback, and you can win. If you surround that quarterback, Brock Purdy, with unbelievable weapons, and the number one defense in the league. Or you could do it Kansas City's way. Kansas City couldn't survive uh, a season without Patrick Mahomes and keep winning in the way that San Francisco could unplug Purdy, plug Garoppolo back in, and probably keep winning in the playoffs. Very, very different organization. So I I think that's an important thing to remember, is that there are lots of ways to win. If you look at team quarterback cap hit rankings this year of the four teams remaining, the Chiefs are number two with Mahomes' number. The 49ers are number 9, which is kind of hilarious because that's a Garoppolo and Lance, not a Purdy thing, but they are number 9 in the top 10. That's allocated funds of the quarterback position. Burrow's still on a rookie deal. The Bengals spend the 22nd most money at quarterback. And the Eagles, believe it or not, are 30th out of 32 teams in what they spend at quarterback because their starter is not only on a rookie deal but also a non-first-round rookie deal, which is even more valuable, right? Will a top three paid quarterback win a Super Bowl this year in Patrick Mahomes? It has never happened before. Think about that. Yeah, We talk about go get Rodgers, go get Mahomes, go get Brady. A top three paid quarterback in cap, percentage of cap that year, meaning what you can't spend at other positions, has never won the Super Bowl. Ever. And if the Chiefs do it this year, it'll be the first time. The current starter rank in terms of cap, Mahomes, number two, Burrow, number 18, Hurts, number 53, and Brock Purdy, number 80. It is easier to win paying less to your quarterback and having an amazing team around them. Makes sense, right? If that quarterback's awesome. When Roethlisberger got paid huge money, the Steelers stopped winning. When Russell Wilson got paid massive money, Seattle was no longer the same. We know this. Give me Mahomes, give me Burrow, and then I'll just keep paying those guys and I'll take my chances. Because it's going to happen, whether this year or next year. You, you can't let Joe Burrow walk. But if you're asking me, is there a way to win without having those guys? Well, it's, it's all... It's one, really, to this point. Is, is these guys, before they get the huge contracts. But I think there's a fun conversation to, to dive deeper into next, and we can open up the phones. On the way forward at quarterback, as it pertains to... Drafting at the top of the board, spending big on a free agent, seeing what you get out of Sam Howell, and how this year's postseason kind of shapes how you feel if it does it all. You can hit us up, 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny here on The Fan.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island